Good evening, wrestling fans. Welcome to Haggard Stephanie Hershey's Hill High School Wrestling Weekly, hosted by the Double Eagle here at Cross Creek. Once again, we are live from the Double Eagle Clubhouse Grill. Rex Brewerland, Dane Filling, and special guest in this first session, section, AJ Calver, as we're getting ready to uh, have a couple of phone interviews tonight. So AJ's going to sit in with us all night long. And uh, Dane, once again, the uh, special, the uh, breaded tenderloin with a side of tots, and it was it was. As good a sandwich that I've had in a long time. I had mine fresh, and uh, it was uh, it was amazing. So, what do we have on tap for tonight, Dane? I know we got a couple of call interviews. Uh, looking forward to the uh, the second guest that we have on, but uh, for the most part, uh, pretty packed up show. We're going to be joined by uh, a special guest, Mike Reiser, during the first period. He's going to talk <coughs> to us a little bit about high school rankings and some movements and weights uh, among. Uh, local wrestlers and then in the second period we're going to be joined by former belmont head coach denny hayes as he's going to share with him with us uh, his memories of uh, belmont wrestling and talk a little bit about what he does uh, in his spare time today and then in the third period we're going to take a look at uh, our broadcast schedule for the rest of the week as we have a, a, a duel on thursday night between delta and adam central and then on saturday we've got the ac jet invite as we uh, get the tune-up, basically, for the busiest week of the year for us next week, as we have the show on Monday, uh, wrestling on Tuesday, wrestling on Thursday, wrestling on Friday, and wrestling on Saturday. Uh, I think we're going to be on the air for 12 out of 24 hours, if I have my math right, uh, next weekend. Can I abstain? Between the two uh, conference uh, tournaments. And, you know, I'm really looking forward to those two conference tournaments. Between the race between uh, Adam Central and Jay County, who I think are the two toughest teams in the ACAC, uh, and then Columbia City and Belmont. And I think it's going to be a fun um, NE8 tournament, and uh, it won't be quite like the last one that we had at Huntington North when we did it waiting on the snow on Friday night. Do you remember that when we did it at the field house and they said the snowstorm was going to come and we, we did it all in one night, and then by the time we were driving home, the snow was coming? <coughs> That was a fun tournament, and uh, I'm looking forward to, uh, m- to much of the same for, uh, for, for next weekend. Dane, did you forget the uh, dual match against Norwell on Wednesday night? Oh, yeah. It's, Wednesday, it's Monday, Tuesday, Tuesday Wednesday, Wednesday, Friday, Saturday. Oh, we okay. skipped nah, Thursday? Nah, so, yeah, you Thursday. Skip, you can do whatever you want, Rex. <laughs> uh, Belmont has scheduled Leo instead of Carroll on Tuesday and then on Wednesday. <laughs> South Adams conveniently had a match scheduled at Norwell, and Belmont gave him the little uh, hip check and said, uh, yeah, move on over, South Adams. Belmont's in now, and uh, Norwell has slotted Belmont into, and so we're going to make a weeknight duel at Norwell, uh, something, to my knowledge, that hasn't happened since the 1980s. So a little bit special. Same thing as uh, Thursday night when Belmont travels to uh, DeKalb. Uh, Belmont, I don't know. I'd have to look back in the records if they wrestled before the NE8. But since the inception of the NE8 in 1989, that had always been a triple duel. On the weekend. Yeah. Belmont, East Noble, DeKalb, and Norwell. And it has been wrestled every year up until now. So I don't know if Belmont's ever wrestled at DeKalb in a single duel ever. Well, good news and bad news, fellas. I think that Thursday night while you're doing your AC match – I'm going to take the short drive up to uh, Auburn, Indiana, to DeKalb, and uh, check out the match and uh, call in and let you know exactly how it came down. And I, I put together the scouting report for Coach Gunsett today, and I believe DeKalb has forfeits at 106, 113, 170, 
and 182. Well, forget that, boys. I'm not going up there for 10 weeks. Never, if, never mind. What if there's a really good restaurant never in Auburn? Mind. Well, there is a couple up there. Mm-hmm. So it's, uh, it, it's going to be interesting. And, you know, uh, we said this way back in November when we had our very first show that every coach was going to have to decide these are the things that I say we have to have scheduled and the rest we can afford to lose. And Coach Gunsett and his staff said we are going to wrestle every conference team and we're going to fight for a conference title. You have to. That's the most important thing. And so that's, that's what they did. And uh, they haven't scheduled anything else outside of that, and they're going to make up all of those matches. And I would expect Belmont to finish the year 6-1. and one. And unless Columbia City runs into a roadblock, they're going to be 7-0, and, oh, and the two teams are going to clash for a conference title in the individual tournament. And uh, I think that's the best thing you can do is you, you fill up your conference matches and everything else after that's gravy. And uh, because you don't know if the team you have scheduled may have to go into quarantine and you've, you've put your egg in a basket that you don't have it anymore. So looking back at the last week, Belmont comes off of a pretty decent day at Team State. It was a disappointing finals match with Garrett. They didn't really compete. They only won three bouts. Um, but to come right back on Tuesday at home against Bluffton, looked really good. Bluffton didn't have a whole lot of uh, JV matches. They had a couple of forfeits. But I thought Belmont overall wrestled well. And then Thursday night, our marathon night, we were on air for five hours, I think. Um, Just a tune-up for the weekends. Yeah, I, I think that Belmont, you could tell that fatigue was a little bit of a factor. They were tired. I talked to a lot of the boys at, at, at school that day. <clears throat> they were kind of dreading the late night, the drive, having to come back to school in the morning, having to do the homework, that kind of thing. And I think that weared on them a little bit. But, you know, credit to Huntington North. They came out, a team that, that we thought was maybe 2-12 and 12 or 2-13 and 13 coming in, and they wrestled the, the, the perfect matchups. They won matches by decision. They didn't, they didn't catch anybody in a fall. And, uh, you know, they wrestled pretty well. And now Belmont did have to come back, and, you know, they brought the big hammer in for the last match. And uh, Huntington North just landed in the wrong spot in the last match, which is not uh, one of their guys that was not their – quality guy and but uh, i tell you what belmont came through in those last matches they knew they needed and wrestled well talking to calvin ferrote today we were laughing about it he said you know i had the first match of the day i knew that i was going to be ready to go he said and then i thought we were just going to coast and he said i was going to be the last guy of the day and you know the match was already going to be over and it was going to be easy for me he said i walked out there we're down two points and all of a sudden we need you know, need a win. You yeah. need a big win. You need a fall. <laughs> but uh, credit to Calvin for uh, doing what was necessary and getting Belmont three wins on the week. And um, you know, they look forward to their match this week and then uh, uh, another weekend off before a big week the following week. How many times in a high school wrestler's career, unless you're a heavyweight, and we wrestled the old way where we started in the lightweights and finished in the heavyweights, do you have a chance? Your match is going to determine the meet, and it's happened to Calvin already twice this year, and he's not a heavyweight. Yeah, and it's great for him, too, after the way that the first one went, for him to be able to come back and sort of vanquish some of those uh, demons from the, from the first match of the year and, and uh, triumph over those. So. Now, AJ, you and I both wrestled back in the old style where we did that, and we understand now why they changed it around. There were, there were kids who were heavyweights. Sometimes they were really good heavyweights and enjoyed that, but other times they were not very good heavyweights, and it's like, 
It always comes down to me, and it's the last match of the night, and I get stuck, and we lose the match. Oh, I was it was figured really that good. a heavyweight could eat all he wanted, so he needed to take that pressure of being the final match. That was the, that was the trade-off. Hey, I can eat whatever I want. I'm not cutting weight. All right, so it's going to come down to me. I can deal with that. Do you guys remember the time? Uh, we were talking about it when Pat Sefton was here last week. It was the year that uh, our good friend uh, Todd Gerke had died. And the night of his funeral viewing, you guys were up at Leo. And Bryce Bumgartner was the very last wrestler of the match. And I think Belmont oh, was... We, we trailed. Yeah. I think Belmont was down <clears throat> four or five. And he, he was attempting to get a pin... But he didn't want a tech fall. He couldn't tech him. He a had to tech pin tech fall him. would not win the match. That's it what it was. had to be a fall. So it was either the tiebreaker or whatever it was. And uh, that's just one of my most memorable uh, moments from, from having changed to starting the weight at a different weight was uh, that match where, you know, that match would have been completely different if it would have been the heavyweight going at that time. But, uh, <clears throat> uh, you know, and talking to uh, a couple people about Leo, man, Leo's had some some tough knocks against Belmont in the last couple of years. And Leo came out and beat uh, Dwanger this weekend and uh, South Adams and Eastside. And uh, that's going to be an interesting duel between Belmont and the Lions. It's not going to be a walkover for certain. No, I don't think it is. So and Leo has kind of loaded up a little, get, a little bit, come back up? Well, I think they've got a pretty decent dual team. And, uh, you know, with this Belmont team, sometimes it comes down to matchups. You look at some of the common op- opponents – with some other teams where Belmont's won by 30 or 40 points and you got a common where they've only won by five or six, but then you look at Huntington North, you know, on paper, Belmont should have been 15, 20, 25 points ahead of Huntington North and it comes down to the last match. So I think it's going to be somewhere close in there as to where uh, those two teams should end up. And it's going to be a great duel for, uh, for, for Belmont and Leo and a great home match for, uh, for Leo as it goes through. So, um, as, we're, as Rex is uh, setting up our next guest, I'm going to hand it over to AJ here for a spot for the Double Eagle. All right. Speaking of the Double Eagle, I'm going to talk about Cross Creek Golf Club. That works, too. All right. Cross Creek Golf Club's pro shop will be reopening next Monday, the 18th. You can give them a call at 724-4316 to talk to Dennis about scheduling an outing for next year's golf season. A golf scramble is a great way to raise funds for your church or organization. Let Cross Creek handle all the heavy lifting and help you make your outing a success. Pro shop hours will be noon until 5. So if you don't reach Dennis, make sure to leave a message as outing dates will go quickly. That's Cross Creek Golf Club at 7244316, located right below where we're at now in the Double Eagle. And, of course, one of the biggest outings of the year for Cross Creek is the Decatur Wrestling Club uh, event that uh, AJU uh, shotgunned last year. And uh, I was able to uh, golf with the one and only Joe Caprino last year. And I'll put a little, Sorry for your luck. Put a little uh, jab at the South Adams coaching staff. Well, I originally signed up with the coach at, uh, the South Adams coaching staff to, to golf the foursome with. They all backed out, but uh, we got an all-star, all-star team with Joe last year. So with that, the uh, overtime, the uh, weigh-in section has ended for the uh, night, and we're going to send it back to studio and hook up our first guest of the night, and we'll come back with uh, more wrestling talk right after this. Independently owned and operated, Haggard Sefton Hershey and Zelt Funeral Home, located in the heart of downtown Decatur, has been serving the funeral needs of Adams County and the surrounding area for over 114 years. 
Whether it's at need, a prearrangement, or a monument sale, our small staff is here to provide comfort in your time of need and make our home feel like an extension of your home as we assist you in honoring the life of your loved one. Hi, this is Jesse from Heller Nursery. Heller Nursery is located four miles west of Decatur in between 224 and 124 on 400 West. We are open all winter long. Come check out our large selection of house plants. We have snake plants, succulents, ficus, and so many more. Heller Nursery is always a season ahead, so stop in during the winter months to plan for spring. New crops are available weekly. Check out Heller Nursery's Facebook page for current selection and specials. We open seven days a week, year-round. Welcome back to Hager Seppner Hershey's Elk High School Wrestling Weekly, hosted by Double Eagle at Cross Creek Rexboro with Dane Filling and AJ Calver. And now, Dane, we're joined by our special call-in guest, the uh, one and only the ranker for IndianaMat.com, Mike Reiser, and uh, a true celebrity across the state of Indiana when it comes <laughs> to high school wrestling. And uh, Mike uh, knows as well as anybody that uh, he can't go anywhere to any wrestling tournament without being seen and noticed, and uh, it doesn't matter where he goes. Uh, everybody knows him as the guy who uh, gets the names up there in the top 16 or 20, and uh, somebody who's had a great rate of success in uh, ranking uh, wrestlers the last few years. And uh, the the guys that are ranked when the sectional tournament starts, it's a pretty good percentage that, that end up making it to Banker's Life. Mike, what was your uh, percentage last year? Do you remember? Uh, I think right around like 84, 84%. Uh, but who's coming? You know, we don't take into any injuries or draws and things like that. We just kind of stop at that point, which is coming up, which is really exciting. But it's, it's kind of been in the 80s the last couple of years. Uh, I would tell Joe, if when I start breaking 90, that's going to be my goal. Yeah, it's an incredible mark when you really think about it. With how many wrestlers there are, 300 in each weight class, you've got to choose uh, 20 of them. And uh, 16 make it, you know, there's not a whole lot of room for error there. Yeah, I, I was actually just thinking today uh, we had our training, so I wasn't, our work training. I was like, man, Dane predicts these things, and the, they almost work out to the seeds in the team state. I got to get better at what I'm doing. I got to get on Dane's level. Well, other than uh, 3A, we did a pretty good job this year, but uh, we missed the we missed the boat on the Brickies this year. Yeah, you know, uh, you were giving that great open. Um Weird story, I was in Iowa yesterday in Bettendorf, and I have a softball tournament with my daughters. There's a wrestling tournament going on in the same building. I'm in the elevator at the hotel, and there's these Illinois guys uh, getting ready to wrestle there because they're not wrestling right now. I said, oh, where are you guys located at? And he's like, oh, you know, wherever. And they were like, oh, you're, I'm from Indiana. He's like, my son actually wrestles in Indiana. I said, oh, yeah? I was like, what's his name? He said, Pate Easton. <laughs> we just saw and him said, uh, at Belmont a couple weeks ago, correct? <laughs> Yeah, and I said, wow, man, that's crazy. He's really good. He's like, you know what, man? You're the guy from Gorilla Radio. I, I, I watch your guys' show all the time. You look so familiar. And, um, you know, and it's cool for my kids. I think that's pretty funny. My my wife, unfortunately, does not find that as cool. So, so Mike, you speak about Gorilla Radio. What's it like to be on the second most popular wrestling talk show in the state of Indiana? Ooh, Rex, come on, man. <laughs> that's what I tell everybody. My second favorite show uh Gorilla Radio behind your guys and stuff. <laughs> You know, it's exciting. I think uh, we we've has, we have a really good uh, following of guys that, you know, make it fun, too, with the comments, and we do the live show, and um, I have, like, adult ADD, so it, you never really know which way it's going to go with all that, you know? I think, you know, one week I'm finding out Joe's never had a pizza puff, and then we got, like, the pizza puff company, like, 
retweeting us and Casey's Pizza retweeting us. And it's just like a weird thing that's really grown. I think it's pretty cool. Well, on a more serious note, I, I liked what you said last week about the fact that, uh, you know, we go back way back to the peck and paw days of IHSWCA.com and uh, the message board. And then Indiana Matt comes in and they start with one set of circumstances. And after a few years, you know, a couple people identify, you know, we're really missing this. We're missing coverage of local teams. So Joe hires a writer and uh, writes weekly uh, stories about different teams, different individuals. And, uh, you know, then, you know, we're missing uh, these types of rankings or we're missing girls' rankings or we're missing uh, scheduling uh, availability. And uh, it just seems like every year Indiana Matt has something new to offer and uh, responds to, to what the needs of the community are. Yeah, and obviously you, you've been a big part of that, too, where we, um, I mean, you, you had a pretty strong presence on the old board, and, you know, we went from just, like, overall team rankings to, like, class rankings, which really, you were able to really reflect, uh, you know, the smaller teams that are really out there competing and grinding and, and that never, you know, it's hard to break in the top, you know, 15 or 16, and, you know, Joe's done a great job of just constantly, you know, pushing forward the, the, the profiles this year. You can add your own pictures. Uh, the scheduling stuff, those guys are awesome, man. I, you know, I give them all the credit. He does a lot of work, and it, you know, I think it, you know, tournament makes money, but we, you know, we don't put a bunch of uh, advertising on the site or anything like that. He's not charging like a lot of states charge for rankings and uh, access, and he's kept it free. And you know, I know he um, he can come up, become a lightning rod at times with uh, criticisms, but I think that he does a lot for Indiana wrestling. I think it really. I don't think people understand like how much he's done, and I, I know we talked about it, but you know, I think he wants to do more articles. I know that he was in talks with a, a college wrestler about doing some mental attitude, like a, a mental edge uh, section on the site, um, who's trying to get their degree and just wants to kind of do an internship and a uh, high level guy. And I, I just think that there's been a lot of that. You know, the magazine's amazing. Like the people that get the magazine, you get the hard copy, like. How much work goes in that with the pictures and getting in association with those guys? Now he has um, Eli Dickens, uh, I think, fiance or girlfriend down south taking pictures because we don't get to go to Evansville a lot or or the south and and get those pictures. And now we're getting those pictures and you know, the site's just you know huge and, and dude, it's been awesome, man. I, I, and I give a lot of props to Rex too. Rex Beckenbaugh, you know, saw a need for that and created. And I love that board too and. And, you know, unfortunately that, that, you know, kind of died out and Joe was able to fill a void and I think it's really done a good job. You know, Mike, we talk about uh, the respect that IndianaMatt.com has in the nation for uh, wrestling websites and it's looked at as like the premier site. And I know we um, we appreciate what uh, Joe does. He came on and, and uh, linked up and was able to do a live feed through Matt.com on their Facebook site to uh, cover the uh, the team state duel we had, uh, the stool duels um seating meeting and uh, put that out and had it had the uh, did the graphics online at the same time and it it just really classed up our show by having indianamat.com associated with it yeah um you know i was unfortunate i wasn't able to make that one i had like some family commitments but like i love i love it man in this your guys show too like this is great i think this is great for the sport because um i mean we all you know we're all in the community and we understand that like Especially the newspapers, they're, they're kind of fading a little bit. You don't get as many articles as you did, you know, 10 years ago. You know, 20 years ago, you had a lot more, you know, wrestling articles. And you guys are able to highlight guys. And this might be something they can look back and show their kids, like, hey, you know, 
this is, you know, Dane and Rex talking about, you know, my match last Wednesday, you know, uh, on their show. And that's cool, man. I don't know. I, I always thought that was cool when, I, when we would have our, our highlights in the paper and the, you know, NWI Times in the region. And, um, you know, you just kind of, like, feel a little bit better. Like, what you're doing is being recognized and, you know, know there's support for you in the community. And I know, Mike, I mean, you that... You guys got one of the best wrestling communities, you know? And uh, each week, Dane's telling me, well, so-and-so listens every week. I was like, you're kidding me. They listen to when our, our audience has grown from corner of the state to corner of the state. And uh, he'll bring up somebody else that's... Uh, is a, a good big fan of ours, and you will run him down state finals or something. It's like, oh, we listen to you every week, and it's like it kind of surprises us, yet humbles us a little bit. Oh, dude, I said that last year um, when we did the state finals show at Bankers Life with you guys. You know, I'm sitting there, and I, w- you know, I was nervous to meet Mike Gable. I was like almost nervous because he's a legend. You know, like to me, like that guy's out there just turning out wins. And before I could even say like. Hey, you know, like it's nice to meet you. This and that. Like, I love watching Gorilla Radio. I, you know, I love what you guys are doing. And I'm like, this dude that I think is a legend of the sport in Indiana. He is a legend of the sport. Is like appreciative of what I'm turning out for the sport. That's amazing to me. Well, we ha- we have a legend with us too. AJ Calvert. He's along with us, and and he was saying that he uh, he should be on the same level as Mike Gable. Well, wait so. a minute. You weren't nervous to meet me. <laughs> <laughs> I can understand that. So, Mike, uh, as you've ranked uh, guys for how many years now, uh, I, I talked to you a little bit this morning about how cool it is to turn on Big Ten Network and see those kids that we saw as eighth graders uh, and then as freshmen, and they make their way onto the rankings, and then we see them at Banker's Life year after year. Tell us a little bit about what you're excited about for this Big Ten wrestling season. Yeah, I just, you know, continue the growth of Indiana wrestling. Um, I know it, it's always reflective. Like, when people reflect on things, they always think it was so much better when we were kids, you know? And, and I graduated in 2001. I think I was just coming into that era with uh, Alex Sertis and those guys that really kind of set the standard. But now you're getting Indiana wrestling on a, not only, like, a national level, but a world level, you know? You have Stefan Micic representing Serbia in the Olympics, which is amazing. And that's a town over for me right now. Um, you know, I got to watch Minnesota, Nebraska, and I'm watching with my daughter, and she's like, didn't we meet that guy when Braden's wrestling? Because we went to the uh, Indiana, you know, Dream Team duels at Brownsburg. And I'm like, yeah. And she's like, I remember. He was so nice. And he's out there wrestling at 157 pounds, which is amazing. Um, you just got like me- how cool it is for, for Indiana wrestling to just continue to grow. And, and I was talking with Triple B in our group text. You know, Gable Stevenson is uh, an Indiana guy, and he, he wrestled here up until, like, seventh grade, you know, and that's a guy that people are like, oh, it's a Minnesota guy, but that's another guy, you know, Indiana could hang their head on. And the great thing about it is we have BTN that makes it so accessible to just turn on your TV and, and see all of these guys. Yeah, and, and you have, you know, even when you don't get those matches, like the, the schools are doing a much better job of getting their production in there and, you know, but think about across like, the Big Ten, you know, not every team, but a lot of teams have Indiana guys. You know, you know Michigan's running out, what, four Indiana guys? Michik, Paris, Joe Walker, and Davison. Um, Northwestern has some Indiana guys. Then Penn I State with too, obviously. Penn State with Nick Lee. I mean, he, he's one of the great top wrestlers in the nation. you got Nebraska with Chad Red. so. Yeah, I think that, you know, that just shows, like, how – 
how good Indiana's becoming. And I think there's some guys that are even behind those guys that are going to make, you know, Silas Allred at Nebraska. You see him in the background. You see Joe Lee uh, wrestling on that event where Brandon Wright and Nick Lee wrestled, and he's, he's destroying, like, uh, a guy that was a national qualifier that's already a graduated guy before he even stepped on the mat, you know? Well, Mike, we really... The, the guys we have now, you know, you're gonna, I think are going to make a huge impact. Mike, we really appreciate you coming on the show, and uh, we got to go to break now, but uh, we thank you for being a great friend of the show. Thank you, guys, man. I appreciate it. Keep up the good work. I love listening. Talk to you later. See you, guys. Rex, Trevor Gray, auctioneer and realtor in Decatur, is proud to support local high school wrestling. Rex, my mother and father-in-law decided two months ago they wanted to move from uh, Missouri to here in Decatur. One phone call later, Trevor Gray had for, uh, four listings for them to tour, and within a week they were Decatur's newest residents and neighbors of you and AJ and the mayor, living next door to the mayor. If you want to sell or you want to buy, you only need to make one call, and that's to Trevor Gray, 223-7503, and ask him about the market. That's Trevor Gray of Crookerburg Auction and Realty, 223-7503 in Decatur. And with that, we're going to send it back to studio to Steve Rouse running board for us as he does on every Monday night. We'll be back with our next special guest right after these messages. Enjoy neighborhood living and peace of mind for your family in a two-bedroom, one-bedroom, or studio apartment at Adams Woodcrest Assisted Living. New address, new home, new life with household amenities including menu choices and times tailored to your liking. A family room with fireplace and bistro laundry and housekeeping services. A state-of-the-art response system and medication reminders are included, too, at Adams Woodcrest Assisted Living, 1300 Mercer Avenue in Decatur. For a private tour, call 260-728-4038. You don't always need an attorney, but when you do, the man to call is Brad Weber. Brad has extensive experience in most legal matters and will help you make your problems disappear. Keep this number handy, 452-7045. That's 452-7045. You just never know when you'll need the services of an experienced litigator like Brad Weber. The trained and knowledgeable medical staff at Adams Memorial Hospital are dedicated to personalized care. Dr. Robert Kinney specializes in interventional spine and sports medicine procedures and regenerative medicine. Dr. Scott Colclasier specializes in anesthesiology and pain management procedures. The trained staff serves your medical needs by providing individual care in a safe environment along with education for you and your family throughout your visit. Hosted by Double Eagle here at Cross Creek and now uh, calling in from the warm, sunny coast of Florida. Sebring, it's not on the coast, Rex. It's in the middle. <laughs> in the middle of the state. Coach Denny Hayes, former Belmont wrestling coach. and uh, State championship, two-time coach, Hall of Fame coach. And my former junior varsity football coach. Hayes, could, yeah, could, could Brewer run the football or not? No. You know, most I remember Rex taking him to a wrestling tournament in Cincinnati. Oh, man, that's, that's my story. I had, I had a a lot of guys with me, and we all had to hang around because Rex is in the championship. <laughs> I was an eighth grader. I went with Dave DeLong, yeah. Dan DeLong, Victor Beer, all those guys. They all got smoked, and I ended up winning. <laughs> Come home, and I was you the won one. in the finals? <laughs> I was the only one that won it. Nice. But, uh, Denny, I mean, it, it's great to have you be able to call in. And uh, how are you doing down in Florida? Why don't you tell us a little bit about uh, what you're doing this winter down in Florida? Well, like everybody else down here, 
I'm trying to stay safe because we've got it pretty bad. And, uh, Saturday, I, I got my COVID vaccine. You got you got your first shot. You're gonna get another one. Yeah, another in uh, another month. I've got another one, and but Rhonda, she's not. She hasn't had hers yet. We're hoping she they call her this week. Well, I hope you both get it, and you hope to stay safe. And um, it's not a good thing, and uh, people don't understand that uh, it can be fatal. I mean, it's like the three of us have all kind of been affected, and we've overcome it, and so we can just be pretty much, uh, you know, no big deal, but a lot of people don't overcome it. I've lost friends down here. So, Danny, I mean, um, as uh, my story that I I told Dane I needed a couple minutes with you, my story, you know, my fondest memory of uh, of you as a, when you were an assistant coach, when uh, my sophomore year of high school, you loaded up your 1973 uh, copper-colored Ford Econoline van with like 12 of us, and we headed to Christchurch, Virginia, to the Granby School of Wrestling. I'll tell you what, that probably took me to the state finals the next year because of the things yeah. we learned at that. And, I mean, we brought it back, and it's almost like, and, and you know this, and you, as it became part of your thing, it's a philosophy. It's a way of life. It's a way of wrestling. And the Granby School of Wrestling really changed the way that I think those few years of Belmont Wrestling after that, we put guys in the finals every year. And I think that that Granby camp – really helped solidify some of those spots. Well, I thought we we knew the Granby better than anybody around the area, that's for sure. Coach, this is Dane Filling. I have a hard time not calling you Mr. Hayes as my two-year drafting teacher, but uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about your uh, experience in the sport of wrestling and what brought you from Mishawaka to uh, Decatur? Well... You know, I graduated Ball State in 72. And I was looking for a job. Really, uh, Belmont was practically a brand-new high school. It was really impressive. And I was offered a football job. And then pretty soon I was offered the assistant job with Al. So that's more or less how I ended up there. And uh, we just recently, in the, in the last uh, two weeks, we talked to uh, Henry Wilk. Uh, who also wrestled at Mishawaka High School and is a big fan of our show. Uh, tell us a little bit about uh, uh, your time at uh, Mishawaka, where you grew up, and what sports you played. Mostly just football. I, Mishawaka at that time was a pretty big football program, and that was that was what I was. That's kind of what I was living and dying for was football. Um, went out for wrestling, but my senior year, my last game, second to last game, I broke my ankle. So I didn't have a senior year. So I, I got to say, my wrestling career was practically zilch. You know, but, but I learned. You know, I, like I said, took those kids to Granby camp. I went out to Iowa, and I, and I met a lot of really good coaches. Heck, I was out there four or five years ago. I took my grandson out to Iowa to wrestling camp, and he was a freshman. And he ended up being a state champion in Alabama. Good for him. Yeah, Hayes. Uh, I remember. I remember you, Hayes, uh, coming out of Mishawaka as a, as a first year assistant, and uh, I recognized right away that your wrestling knowledge wasn't uh, maybe as up to speed as your football was. But man, over the course of time, you learned so much and worked so hard to make yourself into a, a championship coach 
and a Hall of Fame coach and a two-time state championship coach, and I've never been more impressed with any other coach in my life than you. Oh, that's a lot. That's a big compliment. Uh, I still call you every now and then and ask about the wrestling team. Yeah, you do. And I've been watching it a little bit on television. I've watched the uh, Adam Central Belmont match, and I thought the two guys doing it on the radio, I didn't recognize them, but I thought they did a great job. And then I've also watched the Belmont Bluffton match, which is kind of different because, you know, we didn't wrestle them much except for conference. And uh, they, right now, there's nobody there at the matches, you know. It's but, it's really hard when there's, you know, a hundred, maybe a hundred people in the stands total. It's just not the same. But uh, Bluffton had some good kids, but. Belmont wrestled much better against Bluffton, and uh, Ferrot beat an undefeated kid, and I think another Bluffton kid with one loss. We beat him. So I mean, Belmont wrestled good that night. So, so Danny, this is Rex. Yes. This is Rex. One of those things that uh, I don't think a lot of people know, unless they spend a lot of time in the wrestling room. Uh, because of you were one of the bigger coaches in the room, you actually wrestled, did a lot of wrestling against Bill Schultz and Chris Malin and those guys. And I think you're one of the reasons that some of those heavyweights had success at that time because you actually put the shoes on and got in there and worked out and worked hard at it. And it's one of those things that, uh, like AJ said, maybe your wrestling knowledge was not as much when you started, but by the time you were done wrestling all those years, uh, you'd advanced to the point where, you know, you're two-time state champion as a coach. Well... I wouldn't say I wrestled as much as I got beat up every night. <laughs> it's all the same thing. Yeah. Hayes, I, Hayes, Hayes you're, still, in, you're in the circle with Malin, Hayes. Yeah. Malin still remembers I gave him a bloody nose. He said I was the first guy and only guy ever gave him a bloody nose. That big honker uh, of Malin's, he never got a bloody nose before? How could you miss that nose? Yeah. No, it, I accidentally got it. He, he just told me, Coach. I can't believe you gave me a bloody nose. <laughs> All they can do is laugh. Do you ever get a hold of any of the other uh, old wrestling boys that are down in Florida now? Uh, who's the official from South Bend that's down there? Mihal, uh, Andy Mihal. Andy Mihal's down there. I don't know. Karazzi's down here. Oh, yeah. Ed Karazzi. That's yeah. I've, yeah. Talked to, I've, I've talked to Ed a couple times, but he's going to be one of our calling together. guests next week too. So we're going to get together, but. Then this COVID thing hit, and I don't think he's traveling around, and I'm not traveling around. Ed's probably about an hour and a half away from me, and we're going to, you know, he's down there. Uh, North Point, I think is where he's at. North Port, yeah. So, yeah. Coach, looking back at uh, at your career and looking at Belmont Wrestling now and, and the way the sport is, what do you see as the biggest difference between <laughs> high school wrestling these days compared to when you retired? Crowds, I don't, I don't see much following or wrestling like the like we used to have, and a lot of that's got to do with so many TV programs and other things going on. It's hard to convince kids, and also the biggest thing I see, the, the biggest downfall for Belmont wrestling, is that Jim Hopkins retired because <laughs> you can't believe how much stuff. Wait, wait a minute. We got, we got a guy named Dane Filling here that's doing his very best to fill the big shoes of Jim Hopkins. No, I totally agree with you, Denny, because, you know, I look back at my, at my articles and stuff that I have, and if Jim Hopkins wouldn't have been the 
the sports writer at the time, wrestling would have got zero coverage because Jim put his life into wrestling and really and almost, you know, we were treated special because he, he treated us more special for the sports that he covered for wrestling and they did almost anything else, and that's because Jim loved wrestling. Yeah, and one time I was talking to Al Smith, and I kept a, the articles in a booklet for one year, and I let Al look through it, and he was flabbergasted. He said, you get, you get more coverage in one week than we get the whole year, and we're the best team in Mission Walker Fountain down. <laughs> So he he was really he, he was dumbfounded when he was looking at it, and I, I think he even said something to Jim uh, at state at state that week the next year. Well, you know, Hop, Hoppy did make it two times into the Hall of Fame as Sports Writer of the Year, so he was recognized throughout Des- the state of Indiana. Deservedly so, and you know, I I don't think anybody in the state wrote articles at that time. Like Jim did, you know. Like, and uh, I'm not getting a big Gator Daily. Demo There's a few boys from the South Bend, Elkhart yeah, the, area. The that guys I, we used to have uh, lunch with every year. That uh-huh. well, one of them was a former Decatur guy that moved up there. Yeah. Like it, Coach. You talk about your uh, conversations with Al Smith. Is that somebody that you still keep in contact with? Obviously, Belmont still wrestling. Other than this year, uh, in the Al Smith every year since uh, since the 1980s. I haven't talked to Al for about three, four years because uh, I don't get up to Mishawaka anymore. And, you know, I really don't want to go up there during the winter time. I don't really I don't blame me either. Well. <laughs> really, that's a surprise <laughs> yeah, to all of us. Well. I well, think today was seventy-six. Shut up! Shut up, Hayes. I it don't was, want to hear about. It's supposed it. to be twenty-two tonight, Danny. <laughs> well, I live I, I live on a golf course, and I watch these guys playing golf. You know. And, Early this morning, it was probably about 65. I thought, those guys are crazy. It's too cold. 65, <laughs> huh? Yeah. We'd be wearing shorts here and T-shirts. The last yeah. couple of years, they, they, they have still honored uh, Coach Smith. He still shows up to the Mishawaka tournament, and uh, they read a little uh, a little uh, script about what he's done in his history, and uh, they do that before the finals, and he gets honored usually with a standing ovation, and it always adds to the atmosphere there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I talked to some of my buddies from Mishawaka and asked them about Al. And a few of the guys see him out the golf course. And they see him around town. but And, you know, they, these guys all tell him I said hello. You know, well, yeah. the fact of the matter is, Hayes, when you were coaching Belmont, taking teams up to Mishawaka, you used to regularly kick Al Smith's butt. You'd spank him pretty good. So there you go. <laughs> yeah, well, I tried to sneak in town. Sneak out. <laughs> well, sneak in, sneak out. Those were the days before uh, Mishawaka and the Michiana area decided to go looking for wrestlers to put on their team. And not to say that everybody recruits up there, but uh, I don't think that the Adams County area had that uh, ability to uh, draw from other areas, uh, from metropolitan areas like that. But uh, I tell you what, Coach, uh, I still refer to you lovingly as Uncle Woody, as uh, my football coach, because right about that time was the era when. Uh, Woody Hayes from uh, Ohio State flipped out and uh, went crazy on the sidelines. So to all the guys in my class that uh, were seniors that year, you're lovingly referred to as Uncle Woody. I met Woody Hayes at a, at a football clinic with Al Harris. And I was signing in, and he was yelling at everybody to get in. And he come by, and he looked at me, and I looked at him. I said, you've made my life miserable. <laughs> and he stopped, gave me a dirty look, and I showed him my name tag. He says, 
do they call you Woody? I said, yeah. He <laughs> <laughs> just laughed. That's funny. <laughs> yeah. All right, Denny, it was, uh, it was great for having you be able to call in, and we really enjoy the technology that uh, allows us to have call-in guests because as we found out that you're not leaving the warm confines of Florida to come up and visit us when it's supposed to be 22 degrees tonight, but uh, we really do appreciate you calling in, and I, I hear you listen to our show, and I hope you enjoy listening to our show down in Florida. i tell you what, I'd like to get up there sometime and go to Marco's because I got them online, and I look at the food that, that he's making, and I go, I, gotta, I feel wonder, we got to we got to get up to Marcos sometime and eat lunch. Marcos on 2nd Street? Yeah. It's, it's well, got a new name now. He's a barbecue joint now. It's called I the, know. Yeah. But I, I really look at the, the sandwiches he's making and stuff. I'm like, oh, my God, it's a heart attack waiting to happen. <laughs> but it's worth it. Dane, you it's haven't, worth you, it. Dane, you haven't went and asked him for to sponsor our show yet? Come on, maybe we get some free well, food maybe out of we'll, it. Maybe we'll have to get him on there. But, hey, Hayes, uh, I need a tea time for uh, not – for next weekend, can you can you hook me up? Yeah, I can hook you up, but I don't think you want to play down here. <laughs> we got we've got a ton of COVID down here. He's already, I'm had, already it. had it. I He's immune to it. I'm not worried. He's about coming that. whether you want him or not. <laughs> <laughs> fix up the spare bedroom, it. brother. You know he's he's a crusty old dude. He can't get COVID <laughs> twice. I seen you were down here about a month and a half ago or two months ago. Well, the state troopers let you know he's on the way and we crossed the border or what? I, I, I saw him on Facebook. October was the last time I was in Florida. Well, that was only a couple months ago. Yeah, you're right. November, December, about three. Hey, great yeah. great hearing your voice again. And uh, call me anytime and I'll, I'll give you my opinion whether it's right or wrong about what's happening here <laughs> on the wrestling scene. You know that. Well... I, I normally call you a couple times a year to ask you about the team because, I, you know, I can't think. The only thing I've noticed is I don't recognize the names as much as I used to. Yeah, it's a you whole know? new gang. Uh, still grandkids. I'm guessing the kids wrestling now are grandkids, the kids that I knew. Yeah, we're missing bakers and froats. We need some more bakers and froats. We've got one froat, no bakers. Yep. <laughs> you know, the one thing that Belmont had that nobody else would get was we'd bring in a freshman – who was a veteran, and would come out and just kick rear end, you know, and everybody would look and say, we got to put up with this guy for another four years. <laughs> and that's, you know, Myers came in. He was, he was a veteran. He'd had a thousand matches under his belt. Well, Mr. Myers has a son that's going to start wrestling, we hope, in the next couple of weeks. And uh, he's, Good. Yeah, and he's a veteran. Yeah. Uh, so that's what you're talking about, and those folks are not yeah, going to be happy to see him. That's to me. That's what Belmont needs: is some kid who's wrestled AAU or freestyle since he's potty trained, and you know, he, it's no big deal for him to go out on the match because he's always going to beat the kid he's going to wrestle. <laughs> that's that's always important when you got that good positive yeah. mental attitude. Well, Denny, it's been great talking to you, and uh, maybe we'll have you on uh, another time in the show. But uh, in, until then, stay safe down in Florida, and we'll keep in touch. Uh, thanks, Dane. Thanks, Woody. <laughs> hey, Dane? One of the many civic-minded sponsors for this year's Coaches Show is the Weber family. Brad, Mary, Blake, and, of course, the big dog. They know the value of organized sports in our community and have volunteered to help sponsor these broadcasts. We'd like to give a huge shout-out to the Webbers, 
along with all of our sponsors in helping make our Wrestling Coaches Show a reality. So if you get a chance, please patronize all of our sponsors and give the Webbers a heartfelt thanks. Thank you very much. With that, AJ, we're going to send it back to the studio. Steve Rouse running the board for us for a round of message. We'll be back with more wrestling talk right after this. Independently owned and operated, Haggard Sefton Hershey and Zelt Funeral Home, located in the heart of downtown Decatur, has been serving the funeral needs of Adams County and the surrounding area for over 114 years. Whether it's at need, a prearrangement, or a monument sale, our small staff is here to provide comfort in your time of need and make our home feel like an extension of your home as we assist you in honoring the life of your loved one. When you're doing new construction or remodeling and you need drywall, the name to call is Paul Baker Drywall. Paul Baker Drywall does championship caliber work and gives you free estimates. Paul uses all the latest styles for your approval and his work is always guaranteed. Give Paul a call today at 701-4388. That's 701-4388. When it's time for drywall, use the best Paul Baker Drywall. Hi, this is Jesse from Heller Nursery. Heller Nursery is located four miles west of Decatur in between 224 and 124 on 400 West. We are open all winter long. Come check out our large selection of house plants. We have snake plants, succulents, ficus, and so many more. Heller Nursery is always a season ahead, so stop in during the winter months to plan for spring. New crops are available weekly. Check out Heller Nursery's Facebook page for current selection and specials. We are open seven days a week, year-round. Welcome back to the Hager Sefton Hershey Zelf High School Wrestling Weekly, hosted by the Double Eagle here at Cross Creek. And once again, Dane Filling and I uh, partook of the breaded tenderloin, and I thought mine was large, and Dane's was bigger than mine. And uh, the smart thing would have been cut it in half, take half for lunch, and I didn't do the smart thing tonight. No, I couldn't either. I ate the whole thing. <laughs> so, Rex, we uh, are going to take a little closer look here at uh, Delta and Adam Central. That's our broadcast on Thursday night. Before we get ready for the Adam Central uh, jet invite on Saturday, uh, Delta, a couple of forfeits in their lineup right now. I know that uh, when we were going through 2A teams to invite, when the other teams had backed out, um, Greg Ratliff asked me what I thought of Delta. I still think they've got a pretty decent core, but they're not a dual team. Uh, I look for Adam Central to score wins, especially considering the fact that Delta's got forfeits at 106 and 113, which are really Adam Central's maybe two, of their, two of their three weakest weights. Uh, that, that's really going to hurt Delta's chances to come in. But uh, I know that Delta's got a new coach. I know that Coach Curry three or four years ago uh, sat down with his coaches and said, hey, we gotta we got to strengthen our dual meet schedule. And the first person that he turned to, was uh, to, to Coach Sleesman and to Coach Locke at Delta. And uh, they came up with a home and away with, uh, with Delta, and they've gone back and forth. I think this is the third or fourth year. And, Rex, you and I did this duel, I think, two years ago. At Adam Central. At Adam Central. And then my wife and I went and watched them at Delta last year. But, uh, uh, you know, the, the, the best wrestler I thought that Delta had coming into this year was Dylan Tuttle. And we haven't seen him this year. He's been a ticket rounder. His freshman and sophomore year, he's been hurt this year. He's got a younger brother that's wrestling 120. Uh, haven't seen a whole lot of results for him. They had another kid from, from Muncie Central, Gage Klein, who was really good as a freshman, came out of Muncie Central and then transferred to Delta away from Coach A.J. Bradley's team. But, uh, you know, haven't seen 
exactly the, the Delta team that I thought we were going to see this year. A team that was within voting distance of making 2A. But uh, we'll see what happens on Thursday night. I know that Coach Curry is, is, is excited about getting his team together, everybody being on weight and having a really good dual team. It didn't quite work out for January 2nd. But uh, I haven't heard the message on Gavin Cook's injury from Team State, whether or not he's in or he's out. That makes a big difference in their lineup because they're a little bit weak there in those lower weights. But uh, I'll tell you what, once you get to about 132, 138 with Adam Central, they've got a lot of moving parts there all the way up until 220. And uh, I was just talking to somebody at school today about Blake Hirely. Uh, you know, the person I was talking to said he's, he's a semi-state champ. And if you look at the two guys ranked ahead of him in the semi-state, there's probably an argument to be made there that, that he potentially is uh, the best wrestler at his weight in semi-state at 195. And uh, it, it's going to be interesting to see how far he goes. Obviously, we talk about Alex Curry. We know how good he is. Uh, we almost expect him to be uh, in the semi-state finals and challenging for another medal this year. But, you know, Trevor Curry is, if we look at our, our sheet here, he's in at... Uh, 18 and three as a freshman uh, and his classmate Keegan Bloom is uh, also in there at 16 and five and they've got a real good lineup there two we- years from now boys two years from now I think AC is going to be the best team in the county and Belmont's going to have to uh, do something about that they're going to have to figure out a way that AC doesn't pass them by and I know Dane in the matches that you and I've had of Adam Central's we haven't even seen anybody even came close to Hirely yet Nobody's no. even pushed him. No, I don't think. At 21-0, I mean. And to AJ's point, you know, the only senior that Adam Central has on the team is Caleb Sheets, who was brought in last year after the start of the year, and they needed a heavyweight, and they said, here's what you need to do to be competitive in matches. And, and honestly, Caleb Sheets has made a lot of progress in staying close in matches that he knows that he has a chance to hold it to a decision, to maybe pull off an overtime win. Uh, but with that being the only person that you lose going into next year and you look at some of the guys that they have coming back, uh, I think AJ's right. It really comes down to with a school that size, can you get someone in every weight? Because right now the problem is they, they, they're giving up falls at 220, 285, 106, 113. If they can get those guys spread out, if they can find some lightweights next year to wrestle 106 and 113. And they've been hampered, too. Eddie Everett went down. You know, Everett's a regional qualifier last year. He won 25 matches. You lose him to an injury, and then all of a sudden you're inserting Anvili Lichty to try to take a forfeit, or you're trying to move Finn Meyer up and down. And, you know, he hasn't had as much success as maybe they've wanted. But uh, I, I agree with AJ's perspective. They're going to be... 10 times better next year. So, Dane, you asked a question about uh, the Delta match. Uh, I sent it, just sent a text to uh, uh, Dylan Tuttle's father to get the inside scoop. So maybe before the, uh, the show is over, we might have some insight. But uh, I do some work with uh, Dane on the side, so, uh, with uh, Dylan on, Dylan's father on the side. You know, one of the things that I remember best about Delta coming to town, whether they were wrestling Adams Central or Belmont, was Bud Palmer, Bud Sr. What a gentleman. He was a professor at the college and he just had his own perspective. He had sons that were out of this world when it came to wrestling. But what, Bud was a gentleman, and it was always great to 
get his perspective. I traveled with him a couple of a couple of times. We went to the Big Ten tournament together, and we rode together. I went with the Atsit boys, and uh, a lot of the kids, the kids, men that wrestled for Ball State back in the day, and it was fun listening to the Muncie or Delta perspective of what it was like wrestling against Belmont in those days. You know, because back in the day, Delta had built a powerhouse, and uh, Bud Palmer came, he came in, in kind of right after Don Patton and kind of took that team for a while. But I tell you what, when you refereed for Bud Palmer, if he had a question a match, he was as personable and kind about it. Polite. Never, polite, never raised his voice. He didn't swear at you like no. I did? <laughs> no. But... Uh, you know, there. I thought I had a red-haired wig on when AJ was refereeing because I had a, I was a red-haired stepchild. But Bud Palmer had some had some great teams there and built. So had two, as AJ said, two fantastic sons. Uh, one of them has passed away now. Probably one of the best wrestlers I think I'd ever seen in that area. And Davy Palmer, but uh, Bud was just a true class act that really brought a lot of class to that uh, Delta team. And there's just something about uh, about doing a, a duel between Adam Central and, and Delta that that feels right for uh, the coverage that WZBD does for high school wrestling. And uh, Delta enjoys coming to, to Adam Central. That's become a kind of a fixture in their lineup that uh, that uh, was a pretty good match two years ago when we did that. And then uh, we'll also have Adam Central's uh, tournament that they're hosting on Saturday. Got a pretty good, decent uh, slate of teams in uh, Cowan and Bishop Dwinger. And, uh, that's we don't a, have to wear our shirts, do we? I, I don't know. Maybe okay. we, you well, should. We, no, no Belmont in that event. What, no Belmont in that event. We'll we'll find out. Maybe we'll get blacklisted from. <laughs> maybe we won't get the password that we need. But uh, um, we uh, that's going to be an interesting uh, tournament. We're trying to coordinate our coverage with the ACAC tournament coverage, but uh, we're going to try to bring you uh, action from 10 a.m. to noon as uh, the Adam Central wrestlers go through their pools, and whoever comes out in the top of their pool is going to wrestle the top wrestler from the other pool for the, for the championship of that jet invite. And with that, our uh, third period has ended. We're going to send it back to studio. Steve Rouse running aboard for a round of message to come back for the overtime segment right after this. Enjoy neighborhood living and peace of mind for your family in a two-bedroom, one-bedroom, or studio apartment at Adams Woodcrest Assisted Living. New address, new home, new life with household amenities including menu choices and times tailored to your liking. A family room with fireplace and bistro, laundry and housekeeping services. A state-of-the-art response system and medication reminders are included too at Adams Woodcrest Assisted Living, 1300 Mercer Avenue in Decatur. For a private tour, call 260-728-4038. Looking for a trusted name in home or farm insulation? Ted Sprunger Insulation has been taking care of families in our area since 1978. When it comes to spraying foam and cellulose insulation, Ted Sprunger Insulation can't be beat for service or price. Give them a call today at 273-5068 or at 824-3021. That's 273-5068 or 824-3021. Ted Sprunger Insulation. Another groundbreaking service from Adams Memorial Hospital. Your medical story at your fingertips. You can communicate with your doctor, manage your appointments, request prescription refills, access your test results, and view your doctor's comments. To sign up for my chart, ask your doctor or patient registration at Adams Memorial Hospital. For more information, go to adams.mychartcc.com. 
Independently owned and operated, Haggard Sefton Hershey and Zelt Funeral Home, located in the heart of downtown Decatur, has been serving the funeral needs of Adams County and the surrounding area for over 114 years. Whether it's at need, a prearrangement, or a monument sale, our small staff is here to provide comfort in your time of need and make our home feel like an extension of your home as we assist you in honoring the life of your loved one. Welcome back to the Hanger Stephanie Hershey Zelt High School Wrestling Weekly, hosted by Double Eagle here at Cross Creek. Once again, Rex Brewer along with Dean Filling. Still with us, uh, Coach A.J. Calver from the first segment. And, uh, and the second segment. And the second segment. And uh, the third segment. As uh, we would be amiss if we didn't ask you to sit in and speak with uh, your assistant coach of the day. And uh, we, we talked to Denny about that, and I think that's one thing. He wanted to learn about wrestling, and he would go places and learn stuff, come back and said, hey, Jay, I went and looked at this, and this is what we found, and we'd work on it. And the group taking us out to Grammy camp, it was, it was just more of that, and I think that's where he kind of expounded on that and turned himself into that Hall of Fame two-time state champion coach by doing that. Brewer, my teams were getting a lot of wins and a lot of accolades, and I was getting a lot of press as being a, a really good head coach. But what you need to be a really good head coach is talented wrestlers, number one, and assistant coaches that were willing to do the work to improve your program and help you get better, and he did that. And, and the other guys that had already graduated that still cared about the wrestling team they came in. Coming in practice You know, the you. Dan DeLongs. That Dan DeLong was in a room for years. Dan never and, wrestled in high school yeah. and came back and wrestled for a couple of years in the room and got beat up, but was another big body to wrestle against the big guys. And I know that Chris Malin attributes some of his success to the fact that Dan was just there to be a throw dummy, and Dan didn't care if he got hit by 50 fireman's carries in a practice. Well, guys, uh, we're not going to have the Belmont-DeKalb match on radio, but we did want to run through a little bit of the highlights of their match uh, with the Braves as they host what we think may be the first time that the two have ever wrestled in a single duel on a weeknight. Uh, DeKalb comes in with a freshman at 106, Braylon Meyer, who's 10-3. and three. Uh, From there at 113, they don't have anything all that spectacular for Ike Rubel. At 120, they feature Tyler Voigt who uh, was not varsity at the beginning of the year. Uh, he's been a varsity wrestler all three years that he's been in, but uh, that's definitely a winnable match for Mr. Smedley, who uh, is, has kind of gone back and forth. There's been times where I've been impressed with what he's done, and there's other times where I thought that he might be capable of a little bit more. But, uh, you know, at this point in his first year as a varsity wrestler, I think he's probably about a 500 wrestler, and uh, obviously – those comparisons are a little bit different because we're not wrestling the same schedule. 500 this year is five, is different than 500 last year. But, uh, you know, someone that I think is in a lot of matches that we've seen so far and, and somebody I think is going to be competitive and score points at, at conference and sectional. He wins the matches he's supposed to win, and I think he ha- needs to start working on winning some of the matches that he's not expected to win. At 126 pounds, I think there's a chance for Belmont to win there with Blake Luganbill, who's just got a couple of wins his freshman year. But he's got a new uh, varsity wrestler, a sophomore from DeKalb, I know who has a couple of forfeits, comes in at 5-4. and four. At 132 pounds, Braxton Miller is a regional qualifier last year. Should be a good match for Dobie Litchfield. But I look for Litchfield to win there. At 138, they forfeited once or twice in the last week. Uh, they do have a freshman in there who's 4-5. and five. I would expect another win for, for Mr. Farouk at 145 pounds. Then Gavin Hopkins is 7-7. Seven seven. Uh, Garrett Manley should be favorited there. If he's healthy. 
He, he was in school today and, and looked good. and looked good. So he did his homework. So you know that's about all German <laughs> yeah, teacher. That's can. all you cared about. He got his homework. Did, did he right? mention? Did he mention why? You just didn't feel well the other night. It was a long night. You know what? We don't want to talk about health we, issues. We, <laughs> we didn't get a leave. We had to stick it out. At 152 pounds, they do have a uh, sophomore, Eli Knepper, who is. 10 and 3, and then uh, we've been interested to see who Belmont puts out there at that 152 pound spot. At 160, uh, one of their better wrestlers, Rafa Vorman, uh, he comes in, and Isaac Freet will have a good match there. Mitch Snyder, another decent weight for DeKalb, 9 and 4 regional qualifier last year. But there they've had a couple of forfeits then at 182 and 195, and that's really going to play into Belmont as far as the team score goes. And uh, then at 220 and 285, they've got some pretty big guys from the football team who've got good winning records. So good matches there for Sane Botkins and for Dalton Robinson. It's going to be very interesting for Belmont as we get closer and closer to the conference and or the sectional. Duke Myers is going to eventually be wrestling off for a spot. And Duke was one of the best eighth graders to come out of our program in a long, long time. And that's Tim Meyer's son, if you're not aware of that. And uh, he did not wrestle last year. He had surgery on both of his hips. And he did not advance to his ninth grade in high school. He repeated eighth grade because he missed so much school because of the surgery. So he is a 16-year-old freshman when he gets to be you know, healthy enough to go. Uh, he's going to be a force to be reckoned with, and that's going to change the Belmont lineup. He came to me in class today, and he said, uh, Mr. Filling, you know who I wrestled uh, yesterday in practice? I said, no. He said, Timothy Myers. <laughs> My daddy. Huh? He said they went hard in practice yesterday, and he loved every second of it. Okay. So I think he is uh, progressing nicely and, and going forth. Rex, are we going to go to another commercial break? Or are we, we, are, we are done. We've uh, reached our 805 segment, so if you have something you need to throw in, stick it in there. Okay, well, I just wanted to go through our schedule for the next <laughs> week or so as we have our show tonight, and then uh, tomorrow night, the 98th edition, and that's pretty important when you think about high school sports here in Indiana. The 98th edition of the ACAC basketball tournament. We're going to have Heritage and Adams Central. Uh, the boys are going to play first and then the girls after that. The boys uh, game tips off at 6 o'clock. And then on Thursday, Rex and I will be on the air for the Adams Central Delta match from Adam Central. Uh, we will follow uh, that with Purdue and IU in college basketball. On Friday night, then, we have the uh, ACAC tourney uh, semifinal matches from Adams Central. Saturday morning, we'll have the AC Jet invite, and then we will also carry for you the ACAC title game for the boys at 3 o'clock, along with the girls' ACAC title game at 7 o'clock, Purdue basketball to follow. Then on Monday, we have our High School Wrestling Weekly show at 7.05. Jim Troyer will be our guest in his 50th year of officiating high school wrestling. And then next week, the biggest week of them all. Tuesday, we've got Leo at Belmont. Wednesday, we've got Belmont at Norwell. On Friday, we've got the ACAC tourney like it was meant to be by the wrestling gods. And then on Saturday, we've got the NE8 tourney. From Huntington North High School. From Huntington North High School. We don't know whether it's going to be from the gym or the field house or who knows. It better be from the, the gym. House. better be from the gym. I, I think the be. gym's big enough that if they keep everybody off the floor. I think they've, they did turn past. We did this. Might the, be able to sell a few more tickets if they do it that way. They, you know? they did the uh, last time we were there for the NE8, they put it in the big gym and we were up in the, up in the loft. No, we were in the field house, Rex. With that, we're going to send it back to studio, and uh, we will. Our show has ended for the uh, night. Uh, stay tuned for the podcast portion. But I can thank all of our sponsors and thank all of our guests for calling in, and uh, thank uh, f- 
thanks to all those of you that listen each week and uh, enjoy our show or don't enjoy our show. But uh, with that, we're going to send it back to the studio, Steve Rouse, and we'll be back with more podcast action right after this. See, two years ago, we were in the field house on a Friday night. Lawson, Lawson wrestled what's-his-face. And, uh, and Shakan and Gunsett screwed the pooch, and we, and we lost, and, and he got beat in the finals of the conference. Mm-hmm. And that was his junior year? Yep. And last year, we, we were at... We weren't in Huntington. We last were year, we were at Huntington North. Or, no, sorry. Last year, we were at New Haven. Last year, the conference tournament was at New Haven. That's because you took a picture of AJ, and I put it in a paper. We're up behind a screen. Yes. And the... And the the scoreboard was right here. I remember. We, we couldn't see it. Because that's when um, the, uh, the, my predecessor dropped off the, uh, the computer. Do you remember that? He dropped off what? He dropped off the, the Democrat computer. It was, uh, it was a peaceful transition of power. <laughs> Is that right? He just dropped it off? So yeah. <laughs> and he left. We haven't heard from him since. Interesting. Are we ready to go on podcast? We are on podcast. Oh, already. let's let's remember just, we don't have a break. That's just, right. Just us rambling on. Whatever this we, is it. Well, you boys go on podcast. I'm going to watch the national championship. That's my plan. Championship game. game. Because, we, because we had our two call-in guests and uh, we did didn't ever. Did you watch any of the Big Ten wrestling over the weekend? I yeah, I watched Indiana wrestle Illinois, and I watched the first four or five weights. And Illinois was not impressed with the Indiana State champions from high school as they put a thumping on us. I think Indiana may have won a match, maybe two, but that's about it. It was ugly. Of course, they're only doing uh, Big Ten on Big Ten duels, really. There are no tournaments over the weekends. And then they're still planning on having the Big Ten tournament, I believe. Uh, I think that's still up. I, I read today that the Big Ten basketball tournament is still sort of up in the air. They're starting to question, if we have this entire regular season, do we really need to have a tournament to bring all the teams together? No. To go play another tournament after no, that? they really don't. I don't think they want that contact. So I, I'm wondering if they, if they don't cancel that Big Ten tournament. And I know that I did read something to the effect that uh, there's going to be an opportunity. You don't have to wrestle at the Big Tens. Your team can forfeit your weight. You can still get a wild card for the NCAAs. Really? I don't know what's going to happen with fans for the NCAAs. I believe it's in- – We don't know what's going to happen to fans for the IHSA. No, but we maybe, we'll, maybe we'll learn a bit more because we have a call-in, special call-in guest next week, Coach uh, uh, Mr. Robert Falcon, Assistant Commissioner yeah, for Wrestling. And that's going to be IHSAA. great timing because the executive committee meets on Thursday. And that's the meeting where they should uh, uh, clarify who's going to be hosting the sectionals and the regionals and the semi-states, not only in wrestling but in the other winter sports. And I think that's where they're really going to come out and say, this is what we intend to do, this is what we intend not to do. And uh, that'll be Thursday night. They'll publish those minutes on Friday afternoon usually, and then we'll have uh, Mr. Falcons on our show on Monday. And that'll be a great time for him to clarify questions that come up. And uh, I'm looking forward to it. Of all the years to interview him, uh, this is a great year to do it. I think I would hope that he was calling in as the commissioner for wrestling to uh, congratulate Jimmy Troyer on his 50 years of officiating. And I did did speak with him uh, uh, through uh, Jason at the IHSAA, and I did mention that, and, and he felt that that was also a worthy time to to call in. And you know, fifty years is a long time. 
That's a long time to what be do you, doing What this. do you think about 50 years, and Dane? You think you, you, Dane hasn't reached 50 years in anything. <laughs> yeah, Dane's like 33 or something like that. You think about. I got shoes older than him. What has changed? T-shirts. What has changed since 1970? <laughs> the uh, podcast just went off the rails because the, you're such a young pup. In the sport, what has changed in 50 years? A lot. I, you know, we we talk about we're constantly talking about the 1990s and the late 1980s, but you go all the way back to 1970 when Jim started officiating, and uh, you know, for him to stick with it, uh, definitely worthy of celebrating, and we're really looking forward to the opportunity on Monday. AJ, you know, you you wrestle back in that area, you coach back in that area. You and I both have seen the technique change so much well, the from back technique in the day. has changed but the mindset of the champions has not yeah. changed you're either the hunter or the hunted you know you're either going out there to win or not to lose and you know the kids that are the most successful work the hardest in practice they spend the most time in the off season and they're prepared uh, that hasn't changed now when you were wrestling and I was coaching back in those days. We had one of the first elementary junior high programs. We took kids around the state to wrestle. And I know we went to Danville or somewhere, and there were 700 little rascals running around, and we didn't get done until 2 in the morning. Yeah, they woke so, me up at 1 and said, so, you're in that last match of the night. <laughs> so a lot of kids were wrestling in those days, but I think Belmont, Decatur, Indiana, had, had the leadership and was doing it better so that we were able to compete at a level with the rest of the state, no matter how big their high schools were, where that's changed. Now, I don't know if you were the brainchild for this. Most likely you were. But back I've in never the, been a brainchild, Rex. <laughs> back in the day, the high school season ended, and he would take the seniors or the upperclassmen and say, okay, you're going to go to Southeast, you're going to go to Monmouth, you're going to go to uh, Northwest, you're going to go to St. Joe, and you're going to coach that team. And you'd take their fourth, fifth, sixth graders, and you'd coach them for about three, maybe four weeks. Right. And that was Kenny Webb and I. Yeah. I was the elementary fee- PE teacher, and I had uh, done my student teaching in Bloomington at university school, and they wrestled at that level down there. And I knew the only way we were going to get better, good enough to compete, was to start the kids young. And so we directed our seniors to go coach the teams, and it was terrific. And I would go around and make sure that nobody was killing any of the little kids. And, you know, sometimes senior in high schools don't understand. You know, they're not paid coaches, but they did a great well, job. I, I tell you what, though, you, you practiced for three weeks. You had a couple, three, four dual meets, everybody wrestled each other, and you had a tournament at the end of the season. I think the kids growing learn, but I tell you what, as a senior or a junior going out and taking that team, it made us mature so much to coach those kids. And a lot of those, a lot of those guys became coaches and came back to Belmont and help us, helped as assistant coaches. I was one of those guys that felt that coaching wasn't my thing, so I went into refereeing and became a referee. But, I mean, it made and you – And that wasn't your thing either, Brewer. But it was mind. way my thing. <laughs> I was more successful as a referee than you were as a coach. <laughs> oh, boy. Maybe. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I was the most successful referee out of Decatur in history of all time. Youngest official to ever do the state uh, finals. I think uh, Bob Boyle and Orv Reed would disagree with that. They, didn't, never ha- they didn't coach. Re- they didn't referee wrestling. Well, you said referee. Does Lonnie count? <laughs> this is a wrestling show. We only talk about wrestling. Does Lonnie count? 
the graph? He's not really from the graph? No, Lonnie Chamberlain. Lonnie he, Chamberlain? He, he's, not, he's not quite from Decatur. Yeah, Decatur guy. But I saw, it. Anyway, I saw that he was – Lonnie was uh, also a, a team state official. I'm not sure if he was from three – if he was at the 3A site or the or the 4A site, but uh, he's he's been around yeah. a long time in the officiating And I, and I refereed his matches when he was in junior high. <laughs> Lonnie, yeah. yeah. So our, our podcast has kind of went off the rails a little bit, and we want to get home and uh, watch the national championship game. And uh, But uh, i tell you what, it's been great uh, having both these interviews. I uh, love talking with Coach Hayes and uh, Mike Razor, another great guy to call in. And uh, he's, he's as excited about our show as we are. Yeah, and Mike spends an ungodly amount of time when he's not coaching softball pouring through things. And I don't think a lot of people realize how many people try to contact him over the course of a week or a month or a season or an off season and say, you should really look at this kid. I mean, he, he's ranking 20 guys over 14 weight classes. That's 280 kids. But he's also got a waiting list, you know, you know 10, 15 deep. You know, he's really keeping track of 450, 400, 500 kids. But, you know, to that end, too, what Mike is or what uh, Joe has been able to do in Indiana Map is he's created this database. When I first started ranking teams on team rankings back in 2008, 2009, you know, you used to have to keep a, 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 a note card or a piece of paper with results from all these different teams, and then you'd lay them out and you'd try to sort them. Now all of that information is on Indiana Matt, and anybody can find it. And now you, know, you look at Ike Rubel and you want to know, well, why is Ike Rubel ranked second? Well, you just go to the rankings and it says Ike Rubel's number two. Uh, the Miller kid from, from Brownsburg is number one. The, the, the kid who's number four, Hayden Brady from Garrett, he got beat by Ike Rubel. And the score is right there. And then you see who's number three, and you go, oh, well, he placed this. You know, All of those things that you used to have questions about, or you used to have to know somebody who knew all the answers. You used to have to ask Jeff Heller because he had this encyclopedia of a brain. All that stuff is on Indiana Matt right now. I know that Joe probably gets calls from people and said, you got my kid ranked 16th, and he beat so-and-so. He should be ranked 15th. Well, okay, 15 to 16. People don't think much about it. But to that person, it means a lot. Yeah. Anyway, I know you're not ranked first or second, but, but, but that, 16 means something to but you. But that says something about what Indiana Matt has become. If it matters to people that they are ranked on Indiana Matt, then that says something about what Indiana Matt's been able to accomplish. There are coaches who are furious when they don't make it into the top 10, 2A, 3A, 1A. They want that ranking. And it's that, you know, that shows you a lot about how legitimate it is to a lot of people around the state that, that, that they seek out that ranking and they, they want to be recognized on Indiana Matt for the accomplishments that they've made. And I think the, the broader picture is I think a lot of college coaches – use Indiana Matt to get a lot of the research done or who they're going to re- go recruit. You can sit in your basement in your pajamas and recruit all day long just getting data off of Indiana Matt to look at the Indiana kids because you have all that information that's not, maybe not there from other kids from other states. And one of the great things that Joe's been able to do is he's turned it into a recruiting tool. You know, if you're a junior or a senior and you want to wrestle in college, you can put your GPA on there. You can put your ACT and your SAT scores. And, uh, you know, a college recruiter is going to be able to Log on to Indiana Matt, find a picture of you so that they can put a face, you know, to the name, and then know your credentials, have a contact for your high school coach. You know, a lot of people don't realize all of these behind the scenes, but you can log in as a college coach and gain access to the email, 
and the cell phone number of high school coaches. Because you can't reach out legally and speak to them at certain levels. Right, yeah. But there's different ways that you can, that you can get in contact where you can say, you know, hey, I, I need more information on this kid. Or, you know, even just from a, you know, if you're a college recruiter, what you want to be able to do is you want to go see these kids wrestle. Well, do you know how hard it is to navigate all 307 schools who have wrestling, their high school websites? It's ridiculous. Half the teams use VNN and the other half use uh, something that their tech director <coughs> created. All you got to do now, this year has been exceptional because of COVID, but all you got to do is go to Indiana Matt and you can, if you want to see Ike Rubel wrestle, you go to Indiana Matt, click on Belmont, and you know where you can see Belmont. And it'll give you the time, the date, the location. Uh, and you can you can preview who they're going to wrestle. Well, he's going to have a forfeit that night. I don't want to go until he wrestles on Saturday. You know, it's a great tool. So uh, once again, we've uh, had a pretty good show here, and I I would be remiss if I did not mention that Dane, your pink shirt with your pink stripe matching tie looks very flashy tonight. Well, you, thank you. you. I have to I have to also say that to be able to interview Denny Hayes, uh, an absolute legend. In my game, uh, one of my favorite teachers in high school, somebody that I just thought was, uh, you know, a great coach, somebody who had really had a profound effect on Decatur. I really respect those guys. Uh, you know, it, you can look at it from both ways. I really respect people who come back and coach and teach in the community where they came from. But for somebody like Denny Hayes, who's from a different community, to come into Decatur with no other, uh, you know, reference and to come in and just pour his heart and soul into the football program, into the wrestling program. And like we heard today, and I didn't really know this, that his wrestling background wasn't all that great. But, you know, we talk about Gary Geisler. You know, Gary Geisler's wrestling background was not all that great. He was a basketball guy, as AJ's telling us. And, you know, he learned. He was willing to go out and find people who were going to teach him what he needed to learn. And uh, I, I just think his effect on Belmont wrestling is something that's probably not going to be uh, appreciated uh, to its fullest. Well, once again, a great show. I'd like to thank all of our sponsors. I'd like to thank Steve Rouse to st- for sticking around and uh, running a board for us. And, uh, we will be back next Monday with what I think could be one of our greatest shows of all time. Uh, uh, we're honoring an official, something right up my alley, and uh, plan to uh, have some good conversation with uh, Jim Troyer next week. So with that, we're signing off and talk to you next Monday night.